The count, being 12 to none, with one abstention, the resolution on independence is adopted. It's done. It's done. Mr. Thompson, the declaration ready to be signed. It is. And I suggest we do so. Very well, gentlemen. Good now. Stephen, sit down. No. I want to remember each man's face as he signs. Hey guys, pals, friends, etc. Welcome to the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. Welcome to our house of talking. Yeah, we're here to chat with you about things that interest we're us. We're going to make our lips go blah, 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 as air comes out. We don't out. really care if they interest it, it you. Won't. We're going to talk about them anyway. <laughs> Come on, we're making some coffee. We talk about you, about the weather. That's right. Foley's about to bring me some coffee in a Danish, so uh, settle in. We're going to have a morning. And you know what? My non-wife is not going to do anything. I don't have a wife. <laughs> I just have a pillow that I've made stiffened with my own... <laughs> Oh, no, 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 stop. I'm sorry. Hey, Bill, how was your week, my friend? I do have that Muppet. Oh, God. It's clean. I haven't okay, had sex with Bill, it too many times. I'm going to put a formal moratorium <laughs> on, on you on talking about making love to your puppet. All right. Um, to be fair, I have to keep that puppet clean because one of our friends, his son loves that puppet. So even when I'm masturbating in my room, I have to cover the puppet's eyes because I don't even want like residual like psychic sexual energy to transfer from me so, to the child. On the Fourth of July, Foley and I were wandering around. We went to actually went to Toys R Us. Haven't been to Toys R Us in a long, long time. Oh yeah, that's right. And okay, yeah. They sell just clothing for whatnots now. Really? Do they sell the yeah. whatnots? Yeah, they do actually. Yeah. So, so for, able, so yeah, so for reference, the whatnots is it the same thing? I had like kind of the blank Muppet yeah. kit that you can kind of build your own your own Muppet with. Man, that's more where or I less, still sell those, huh? It's like a, it's more like a starter Muppet. So yeah, the Whatnots, F.A.O. Schwartz had this thing where you could build a custom Muppet yeah. called a Whatnot. And uh, they, uh, yeah, it, uh, Toys R Us has an F.A.O. Schwartz uh, toy line. And one of the things they do is you can get a pack where it's like you'll get a Muppet body and like then you have eyes you can swap out, noses you can swap out, and yeah. clothing and stuff. So yeah, then they sell accessories. So man, that's saying, great. I thought some... that line died. I didn't know they. Well, the, the the other thing is that you can dress up your Muppet any way you like. And for a while, like mm-hmm. F.A.O. Schwartz did have like different uh, bits of clothing. I didn't realize Toys R Us actually sold those clothes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is our way of uh, if you guys are uh, wanting to buy uh, Annie and Bill toys for Christmas. You get Annie a shitload of Lego, you buy Bill a Muppet clothing. There we go. There we go. (laughs) No, uh, yeah, our friend from, uh, uh, we know a guy and his family who they teach uh, English uh, around the world, and they have a five-year-old son who, I think, was he, he was born in Portland, but he's been raised in Shanghai, Tanzania, and Moscow, and they're coming back for a couple weeks, uh. Uh, later on this week, and their son Leo, he's super fucking cute, super suave, super nice, super smart, super cute, and uh, yeah, he loves he loves that whatnot puppet I have. He loves that thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an officially licensed Jim Henson oh, Muppet. You. 
Uh, and well, the funny the, the, the term whatnot comes from the Jim Henson Company. That's what they named their the whatnots in uh, Muppet terminology are just kind of like the blank, generic, like co- colored felt Muppets that you know, kind of indistinct shape that they could just like stick anything onto, and it becomes a different kind of character just depending on what kind of eyes and shit you put on there. And so they just turned that into a kit that you can buy. And it's yeah, it's a full life size you know Muppet with like little stick arms, you know, and all that shit. So yeah. it's it's actually pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And we end up talking. So anyway, so wait, oh, no, what was, yeah, yeah, what was I can't remember how we even got here. Yeah, so I went to Toys R Us for the first time the other day. Toys R Us is a nightmare. Yeah. Like I had forgotten how much of a nightmare Toys R Us is because oh, it's happened? just like no, it's just like a, it's like any specialty store where it's just kind of an overwhelming cacophony of that thing. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, damn, it was overwhelming. Well, concentrated. But, um, yeah. But while we were there, yeah, we looked at the poster bin because Foley's new job, she now has an office. And uh, it's this ridiculous office that no one really sees except for her. So I was like, let's get you a kitty cat poster. And we were looking at the posters in the poster Believe. bin. And sure enough, Bill, there was your Minecraft prints. Which I had no idea that was an actual retail product. So what happened? Yeah. So this, this poster came about like... Oh, it was the last time, not not when we went to PAX last year, but like the two years before that. It must have been like three years now that uh, I decided just to, I think it was, it was, it was um, the, the the company that makes Minecraft, uh, the Mohang. It was like their first um, PAX since the game came out and they had become really big. And so I just like designed a little, uh, like little poster fan art, piece of fan art just to give to those guys. And uh, I can't remember what happened, but like the company that like sells most of their licensed products is Jinx.com. They, they, they found out about the poster, and so they actually bought the rights to the poster from me to, like, sell as a, a licensed Minecraft poster. And I guess this is a known poster. I'd never seen copies of this for sale in the wild. And for the longest time, they didn't sell copies of it on the website. So I thought maybe they just bought my the rights to my poster and, like, and then just kind of, like, like sat on the rights. Maybe they didn't want, like, competition for my... Minecraft fan art posters or something like that. But yeah, the nanny out of yeah out of the out of the blue just finds this uh, Minecraft poster in the poster bin. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was cool. a very surreal moment, my friend. Well, it's funny. And then you mentioned it on Twitter, and then other people on Twitter started saying, "Oh yeah, I've seen that poster all over the place." And people, yeah. other people, sending me pics too. And I was like, "Oh shit, I've never seen that poster outside of the one copy I made for myself and the one copy I made for Notch, and that was yeah. it." So yeah, oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. And uh, let's see what else we see there. What's crazy is that they, so they have like two lines of Ninja Turtle stuff. They have the TV show stuff, and then they're starting to have the uh, movie stuff. Oh, Michael Michael Bay one, yeah. But then they had like a box of a retro toy that was the the party van that was like the pizza party van. Was it like the old cartoony pizza van? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it it wasn't like like some Michael Bayified, like realistic pizza van with like. No, they basically reissued the the party van from from my youth. Yeah. It was was a kooky moment. How much was it? Uh, thirty-five bucks. Did like you that. see that they put out like a DVD box set of all the Ninja Turtles, like the the cartoon, like the whole series, in a pizza pizza van? Yeah. Thing. Brian, a friend of the podcast, Brian was telling me he has that. That is pretty fucking cool. It's um, adorable. So, but they, they only had the pizza van. They didn't have uh, the, any of the like retro figures. I didn't look too closely. Mostly I was distracted by that because that was such an iconic, like, that thing in of itself yeah, no, was such yeah. an iconic I could see that being kind of like a, like a siren's call of toy bullshit. Exactly. Uh, man, you know what? My youth. Ninja Turtles was like the last kind of toy I was into as a kid before. I, like, was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm too old to be into kids. Because I remember, like, yeah. 
like when Ninja Turtles toys first came out. So that's one thing. Even though I'm um a decent chunk older than you, I can I can appreciate like the lust for Ninja Turtles toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what the hell are you eating? Cheese Danish. Oh yeah. Uh, so, okay, Jonathan Santiago uh, says, I went and got my pizza and came back to Mudron talking about boinking his Muppet. Oh, I don't know if I, Oh, I'm sorry. He mentioned pizza. I thought he was talking about Ninja Turtles. I don't know why. I should not be reading that comment. Not... Because that's too <laughs> gross for us to talk about is uh, me fucking a puppet. But, but so what else? So, uh-huh. so wait, why did you go to Toys R Us? Um, it was the 4th of July and fully, um... That's just what you... It's, it's just, very sweet. That's the thing? Well, no, we had the day off together. It's all the fashion to go to Toys R Us on Independence Day. Foley is very sweet and indulgent and took me to go look at their Lego sets. There was this one Lego set in particular that she wanted me to get that was this um, hop set from The Hobbit. Yeah. That's like this really rad tree. And she was like, you need this tree for your small town, for my western town. So she went Aww. out to get me this this ridiculous tree for me to put together and chill out. So what the hell? Is that so. like the tree of Lothlorien or something? It's eh, some kind of Hobbit elven shit. It's some it's something from the um, the Desolation of Smog and it came with wargs, so, little yeah, wargs, attack wargs. Aww. Are you so that's so. exactly uh, are you gonna use those in your western town? See, I don't know. I don't know if giant animals breaks the canon of my yeah. uh, fantasy animal town, but I don't know. Yeah, especially if all your citizens are animals, unless that's like maybe some of those. Those are some of the animals that the people have turned into animals and never never turned back. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm still considering it. Ben, I, I never do anything casually with Benton. Well, it's kind of so. like the old Disney comics where you'd have like you know like Goofy would be walking Pluto, but they're both dogs, so it's kind of confusing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do ride horses and shit, so it's like... But, but I don't have any horse people, so. In Disney? No, in, in Benton. I was going to say in Benton, yeah, because Disney have Clarabelle the Cow and Horse the Horse and shit like that, so yeah, well, that's yes. even extra confusing. Than... Bitch, I know my Disney people, peg leg motherfucker. You have legitimate world-building questions you have to answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, if you want exactly. Benton to thrive. But what's great... So she took me to Toys R Us, oh. and we noodle around and ran some other errands, and then yesterday... Um, Foley is so sweet. She took me to down to Canby, Oregon, which is a neat, which is an interesting town because it's an old, um, it's clearly an old manufacturing town. Mm-hmm. So when you drive down the river, it's lined with all these beautiful abandoned factories that look like like shooter level design 101. There's just like tons of them and multi layer and multi level and beautiful. I want to go back with my camera. But also in Canby is Bricks and Minifigs, the uh, 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 prestigious uh, Lego reseller. And uh, went down there. It was like, fucking ridiculous. It's 5,000 square feet of just fucking Lego. They had, uh, they had new, they had box stuff. They had a bunch of like minifigs for sale. They had like, you could just get parts, like random parts. And they sold assembled out of box kits and. Like, uh, Were they, they had cheaper than like box kits? Because you think that th- that that would either be they, they could either charge extra for saying, "Hey, we spent all this time and money building this kit," or we've kind of taken some of the fun out of it because we have built this. Well, it's kind of, well because it's a resale establishment, yeah. so there's some stuff that was like they had some some recent stuff that was pretty much on par with how much it would cost box, like maybe a little bit less. Yeah. But then they had a lot of stuff that was like out of print, you know, like older Lego sets. So this really was like Lego Goodwill. 
Yeah, it, well, it was really cool. It was very much so oriented towards, like, both kids and collectors. Was, it was very, very cute. Uh, were there any cool sets that they were selling that were already built? Oh, yeah, they had a shit ton of really cool sets. And they had a display window where if you built something really cool, they'd put it on display. It was really adorable because they had one tier that was, like, by 10 to 13-year-olds. And then they had, like, this giant bat cave where they did not put the person's age. <laughs> but the implication was not so much. But that was, so that was, like, old. built from scratch? It wasn't, like, from a kid or anything? No, uh, yeah. That's really there was nice, a lot of yeah. crazy bullshit But they weren't selling that it stuff. It was charming. just on display. Yeah, yeah, they had a display of some things, and they had other oh, things man. for sale, but it was, they, it was really charming. Did they have the Monster Hunter Mansion and or I, the Parisian Restaurant? They had the Parisian Restaurant, <laughs> yeah. How cheap? They had... I should I should like, give you like a like a list of things to look up to see what the price. You know, I could always call these guys up and say, "Hey, how much is your Parisian restaurant?" But, I was impressed with their pricing. Like they were either on level with or a little lower than MSRP. Yeah. So more power to you, bricks and minifigs. There was the Parisian restaurant but, built. No, it's in a box. Oh man, maybe it was. I'm gonna call they them had up. a giant. They had a giant vignette, and it may have been in there. Well, this is this, but, this kind of falls into what I was going to talk about. Part of my. Uh, uh, the stuff I was doing this week. Right after we recorded last week, Annie had mentioned that, um, well, on the show last week, Annie had mentioned that um, she had filled up her Amazon wish list with a whole bunch of uh, Lego kits. And so as soon as we were done recording last week, uh, while I was waiting for Annie to send me her, uh, or no, 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 we recorded in person last week. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, As soon as Annie left last week, after we recorded, I looked up Annie's uh, Amazon wish list. And man, Annie, you do have some pretty cool fucking sets on there. And one uh-huh. of them is this, like, it's called the Monster Hunter Mansion, I think? And uh-huh. it is an old, spooky, like, Halloween-themed, it's just, like, like three-story mansion, uh, you know, filled with, like, vampires and shit like that. But the coolest thing isn't, isn't that it's even, like, spooky vampire shit, but, like, it's all dilapidated and stuff with all these, like, yeah, crooked elements. It's and really kind of, like cool. It's really rare to see kind of, like, a Lego set that, like, is supposed to look like ancient bullshit. And yeah. like it has like these like you know slat like you know slat windows falling off the hinges and all this cool stuff. And man, that is a cool fucking set. And the only mm-hmm. thing I don't care uh, much for it is the color scheme. It has like green bricks. Yeah. And for yeah. like red bricks or something even more kind of like older, kind of old school and gothic looking would even be more badass. But yeah, it, my plan was if I got that set was to replace the color. Yeah, that I was like. I was thinking about that last week, and I was like, "Where the hell would you get like a shitload of cheap extra bricks?" And then you mentioned it. You found like this 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 secondhand Lego store, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" If I bought that Lego kit, and they're just like, "Well, this is the other thing too. It's not that that I was just uh, fawning over the Lego kits that you had on your Amazon wish list, but I went to the Lego store online and found out that because uh, I was just like looking at some of the the, the kits that you have on your wish list, so I was researching them on on, on the, the official Lego site." Is that they have for free downloads? You can download uh, PDFs of all the instructions uh, yeah, for these sites yeah. and stuff like that, and also just the list of all the parts that are included in the set. And so, yeah. even if I, I, I really could do that if I just downloaded the instructions in the in, in the piece list for that uh, Lego Mansion set. If I just, took, I'm assuming, if I just took that list to this bricks and mini minifigure store, they could probably just say, "Oh yeah, we have a big bucket of red bricks over here. Just go, you know, like." Fill out, feel free yep. to fill out your list. I'm like, oh man! And then you can like buy extra bricks <laughs> if you want to customize stuff or like change the the instructions and like make up your own yeah. shit. Like, oh man, I totally built this fantasy up in my head of like suddenly becoming like this Lego building entrepreneur badass kind yeah, of following instructions, but making shit hole. up. Yeah, I know. So 
Yeah, because that's the thing, is that I'll find a lot of sets that are almost right, but not quite. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, um, I had to go to the doctor this week, and the doctor told me to chill out. So when I went to um, go get my medicine from um, Fred Myers, I also got this cabin set that I've been eyeballing for a while mm-hmm. to have as part of my western town. But there's some elements that aren't quite right, and there's some colors that aren't quite right. So I'm, like, staring at it going, well, I need to get this color piece for this part, yeah. that color piece for that part. And, yeah, it's like it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole. And uh, yesterday when I was at this Bricks and Minifigs place, it's really charming. And uh, it was great to see. There were just, like, for every kid, really enthusiastic kid, there were, like, two adults. Oh, of course, of course, Like, putting their head yeah. down, like, humorless expression on their face as they tried to find well, exactly the right part. I want to go to the used Lego store. Well, dude, it's not just used. They have a lot of first quality stuff. Oh, I know, also, I know, dude, I know, but still. When I was there, I actually met, there was this mom who had brought her son, and the son wanted some very particular guns for his guys, <laughs> and mom was trying to help him yeah. find the right thing, and I was like, they, what was cute is that they had a lot of the um, third-party stuff, too, because so, there are a lot of people who make things that are compatible with Lego that are not Lego. Like, uh, and they like had, unlicensed Lego stuff? Yeah, yeah, so it's like like you aftermarket can get, like, kits. Ex- pretty much, yeah. They had a whole display of just aftermarket World War Two tanks. Oh, that's what uh, makes sense. Yeah, because I know like lots of people stuff. will make like the dioramas, like especially like battlefield mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it was cute as hell. There was also a birthday party going on while I was there, um, and all these kids playing Lego video games. That is super goddamn cool. So this is in Canby, Oregon, the Bricks and Minifigure store. Yeah, it's apparently, they have a franchise. There are a few other. There's a smaller location in Beaverton, but I wanted to go to this one in Canby because this was the the mothership. Exactly. Yeah, fully pointed out that for my 31st birthday, I can uh, have a party of Bricks and Minifigs, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh No, thank you. (laughs) So you said you bought like five kits this week. So what all did did you end up getting? I brought that Lord of the Rings kit. That's the tree. Yeah, the tree. I got that cabin. I got uh, the one, the last Lone Ranger kit I did not have, oh, yeah? which was this the the Native American teepee. Which now that I have cultus, the appropriative Native cultus in Benton, I feel less weird about getting. Okay. Um, what else did I get? Oh, I got this other this giant Chima set that I'm going to convert into. Uh, stable for Benton when I'm done. See, whenever I buy these kits and I have no intention of actually using, like, quote-unquote using the kits, I still like to put them together according to the instructions because it's very uh, soothing. Yeah, no, it's so a, it's I a nice process. So I just follow the yeah. instructions and do all that. And uh, Yeah, so I'm in the middle of building this ridiculous giant crocodile lair. It's also from like, the... like, build, like building a large Lego kit. It's kind of like, it's, it's like entering the headspace of like, this perfect world that you're kind of building, and, like, it's kind of nice to think, like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to live in a world that is this, like, kind of cartoony and clean and kind of, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see there's a lot of psychological benefit to, like, just building, the, like, these colorful little bricks in this little colorful little and world. It's, and so it's simple, just very orderly. Yeah. Like, I got one... Like, some of these, like, the kits, that the Chima sets are largely oriented towards children. So they'll come... All the parts will be in multiple numbered boxes or bags so it'll say first use bag one see i wish more sets did that because a lot of sets don't even organize their 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 bricks that well yeah well so i got a set that was more for adults and it's just like here are a bunch of parts sort them and then figure it out but i really like that actually because it's very meditative for sorting me out the bricks lay out all the parts yeah. and sort them by color 
in size and all this stuff. And like, I spent two hours on Wednesday just putting together that dumb Lego cabin, and it was so meditative and soothing. I wish the shit wasn't so expensive because yeah. it is just very calming. Well, just at least you did find a venue for like, like instead of like, because I know a lot of people will hunt very large kits just for specific, very rare pieces those kits contain. So at least if you mm-hmm. found a secondhand store, so at least if there's like very specific, very specific small pieces that you're looking for, at least you mm-hmm. you don't necessarily feel obligated to have to spend money just to get like you know if there's some kind of like special tiling you want for something like that, you could probably find it at this bricks and mini- minifigure store. But also, yeah. there's a thing called eBay. Well, that's true too. But yeah, you know the, the prices might be inflated there too, and you got people bidding yeah. on stuff and. I don't know, it's kind of crazy. I also discovered that there is a whole um, Lego-only, like, trading infrastructure. Like, um, I think it's on bricklink.com. Where it's, welcome, by the way, to the inevitable part of Boy Howdy, where we just talk about Lego for 30 minutes. I apologize, um, yeah, this is, we were, we were both really kind of falling down this well. So, I think it's bricklink.com, where they have this whole portal that's a catalog of every single Lego part that's ever existed. So, it's actually really helpful for reference. But then, when you go into the catalog, you can click into, well, these many are for sale. And then you go into this whole really basic portal, which is kind of the honor system, where you, 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 you... pledge to buy these parts and then you just get into contact with the vendor and finish up the deal but it's kind of brilliant because then on this catalog you have access to a system that you can use to find these weird parts and usually for moderate price at prices yeah. so i'm just saying i fell down the rabbit hole i sent my first email to lego customer service <laughs> it's it's happening yeah, did you my friend that last week what, like weren't you missing a part or something oh no you oh, no. you're requesting kits yeah, it was like, hey, when are the new Chiba sets coming out? Because I know they're available in the Netherlands, so why aren't they available in America? Yet? When are they going to be in America? Like, dumb shit. And like have that. you ever thought about submitting, uh, like, like actually, like, submitting ideas for Lego builds to the Lego company? Because, I mean, that's a thing well, they do. They, yeah, they have the whole ideas program from which the um, yeah, I mean, that's, Ghostbusters Yeah, that's how they do some from. of this license stuff. Like, the, the Ghostbusters and Back to the Future kits I have are both sprung from that. Uh, well, every time I've looked on that, because you can just do a search at other... Your cat's being a dipshit. Bailey loves the printer, and every time she walks on it and accidentally presses the press buttons and turns it on, if, she's more and more captivated If you have to go it. over and turn it off, go ahead. Well, the thing is, is it was off. She turned it on with her fat body. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway, um, so the every time someone has submitted a Western set... Uh, Lego, and it's gotten as far as Lego reviewing it. Oh, it gets shot down? Uh, Well, Lego will say this is too similar to other things, programs we have in process, so it's been Do they have, like, beast people wild west hounds, though? (laughs) It's right. You've got a very specific thing uh, going on here. Well, Bill, considering there have been all of, what, six sets that have made it through the final process, and those sets have been Ghostbusters, the Curiosity, uh, 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 and, like, fucking... Like, I'm just saying, Doctor Who gets a lot of votes. My obscure furry western town will not get well, I'm just all saying, the way. Really, she should actually more thoroughly document Betton and put it online, because I'd love to see more pictures of like what's going on in that little town. I'm planning on it. That's why I have my Tumblr, soberbeast.tumblr.com. Totally That's where I'm going to put all that um, stuff. I've, so. I've, I've typed it down in the show notes so I can uh, post a link. 
Oh, and speaking of which, uh, I did uh, uh, this week also build the like the little little Lego, little Lego critter that you bought for me last week. Oh yeah, your Mixel. Yeah, my little Mixel. Yeah, he's got flames shooting out of his back. It's very cute. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That was super goddamn cute. You're welcome, friend. Oh man. So anyway, yeah, had a lot of fun at Bricks and Mini Face. That's cool. So that's what I was doing this week while I was putting together Lego. Well, fully. <laughs> I got fully Sniper Elite 3 because she loves shooting. She likes the technical aspects of shooting in real life. And she's life. also been putting and up with all your Lego shit. She, well, yeah. yeah. Like, well, she's very indulgent of me. She So Foley is fascinating. I'm the sort of person where, as longtime listeners of podcasts go, no, I love presents and I indulge myself with alarming frequency <laughs> and I'm always broke because I'm buying myself or others bullshit that we do not need. But yeah, it's um, Foley, therapy, come on. Foley's the sort of person who, if she goes to the store to buy underwear, she'll put underwear on her cart, and then from, like, the underwear section to the cashier, she'll talk herself out of needing underwear, and then hand it back to the cashier to put away. Like, she does this all the time. So I always kind of bully her into indulging herself, and uh, so I got her the Sniper Elite game, because it's it's pretty silly and very goofy, but it makes her so so this this game is ridiculous this is the it's mostly known for the fact that if you score a sweet kill it'll do this ridiculous 3d cam where you see the bullet actually entering the body and disrupting organs and all this other crazy garbage shattering bones but it's also like it 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 can be a hardcore sniper sim to the point where you have to worry about like distance and bullet drop off and like wind and sound and all this garbage it's like it can be there are five difficulty settings in this game and uh so but she loves this stuff and it's it's fascinating actually because i was playing valiant hearts i beat valiant hearts this week and to go from valiant hearts to sniper elite made me realize that sniper elite really is sort of more or less a puzzle game in its structure Mm -hmm. more than anything else because you have this environment you have to figure out where all of your weak points are and then methodically figure out the best process to you know get to wherever you want to be and uh is there an interesting story you are a cool sniper guy drafted by the British intelligence service to kill Nazis Well, this in is an interesting thing. I had no idea that it was a World War II game, which actually kind of makes it more interesting. So instead of using super futuristic high-tech sniper equipment, you're using old-school... Uh, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's... Do you not remember that the last Sniper League game, Sniper League 2, had DLC where you could shoot Hitler? Oh, did it? It was a whole thing. Yeah. We probably talked about it on the podcast when we thought about it, yeah. Yeah. No, that's but, pretty uh, cool, yeah, though. No, they're, yeah, no, they've all been uh, World War II sims. So how many people's brains have she blown out from the inside out with, like, the X-ray vision and all oh, that? Have you been watching God. her play this? Well, I'll be sitting there building Lego, and she'll go, Annie, 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 look, look, look! And I blew this fucking brains out! I've seen a lot of Viscera this week, my friend. <laughs> I gotta tell ya. But it Valiant. makes her happy. So what do you what do you think of the end of Valiant? Well, I just got a nut shot, by the way. She's playing it right now as we broadcast. Um, I really enjoyed Valiant Hearts. Bill, I don't know if you've played it anymore. You gotta stop playing it because all of your issues with it, they do not get any better. But I, know, I found be, it to I, be I got up to the, I just beat the first chapter last night. Okay. I really enjoyed the hell out of Valiant Hearts. I liked the art direction, I liked the simple story to it. I liked all the puzzle design. I loved the music and the art mm-hmm. direction. I really enjoyed it. I you really know, last did. night I realized why, I've, like, yeah, what, there's four chapters in the game, right? 
correct. And it's not like the game is super fucking long. I realized last night I, I why it's it's taken me this long just to even beat the first chapter is what happens is um, every time there's a new, not even uh, each chapter of the game is broken up in the, into kind of like sub chapters where you're like you're controlling different characters and stuff. And each sub chapter has a different suite of facts that pop up in the game that tell you about the history of World mm -hmm. War One and like different parts of the like you know did, like you know like this is like the history of gas masks and gas warfare and all that yeah. stuff. And what happens is every time one of those pops up, it's interesting enough that it has me going to. Uh, Wikipedia, because I've got my laptop oh. right in front of me while I'm playing, and so like last sure. night, like thing about gas masks popped up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, like before, like they start actually distributing real gas masks, uh, soldiers would take urine-soaked cloths and, and press them to their face, and that was the closest thing to it." I did not know that, by the way. Me neither, and that was like really, and so I googled it, and the, so I spent I spent as much time on fucking Wikipedia than I do actually playing the fucking game, which is fine. It's it's, yeah. it's a great thing to to learn about World War One. But yeah, no, it's 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 really easy to get distracted distracted if you're both yeah. so much from playing that game. Yeah, I know. I I really did enjoy that game, and uh, it's the sort of thing where if you like adventure games, if you like that sort of puzzle games, if you enjoyed the the cave, but you wish it had a little more nair to beat on its bone, mo it should be beat meat on its bones. Yeah. Woof. But uh, also what I liked about it is that I kind of struggled with the cave because the puzzle, I think we talked about this, puzzles were a little too non-linear for me yeah. and that you could be, they could approach them, you could be solving multiple puzzles simultaneously, which meant that sometimes I was a little confused that an element of one puzzle was an element of another. I really like the kind of old school linear nature of the puzzles in uh, uh, the arts at... At no point do you have to worry about multiple puzzles simultaneously. You kind of have this purity of vision, and you can just get shit done, yeah. which I really well, enjoy. Well, it's, 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 it's very linear in that, like, you'll have... it's Most of the game is going from left to right, and yeah. just, you know, there, there's stealth parts, there's some slightly action-y little parts, uh, it, but yeah, it's it could be, it's very also very obvious when, like, okay, this is a puzzle part of the game, too. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's not going to be that much confusion. Like I said, I still, I'm still not a big fan of the whole puzzle thing to begin with where it's it's not so much like doing what log logistically makes sense but as much as just trying to figure out what the designer had in mind when they designed the puzzle but it's still it's not terrible it's just but that's endemic to the whole uh puzzle you know the the adventure game genre i really I, I really disagree i feel like once if you have the puzzle solving I, i'm just saying i've played bat poorly designed puzzle games yeah. and this is not one of well, them it's not, terrible, not, it's not consistently terribly designed or anything like that and in fact, like, I can get through 75% of the game just not even thinking that hard, but just like, oh, go here, make the dog go, the, make the dog go grab that, bring it back here, do this and that. But there's consistently, I can't go more than 15 minutes in the game when I'm not, you know, reading up Wikipedia rather than not playing the game. Uh, but I can't go more than 15 minutes without something happening where I'm like, really, I was supposed to assume that, like, this thing was going to go here and that was going to do that if I brought this over here? I'm like, And so I, I've been playing the whole game with a guide in front of me. And uh, I don't, See, I'm I not really, always referencing really... the guide, but, like, the moment, like, something like that happens, I'm like, you know, it's not worth me just wasting my time sitting here trying to figure out, like, where, where, where this random object is supposed to uh, interact with something in the environment. I'll just look it up on the week, you know, on, on the walkthrough. I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I don't think I would have figured that out anyway, anyway, so I'm just, yeah, I'm more interested yeah. in the environment and the character. Not even the characters oh, are sure. a little goofy, but I'm more interested in, in just the atmosphere 
and yeah. just, just playing the game. I'm not too worried about like, oh, I wasn't challenged enough by the puzzles, and I should have. Spent oh yeah. Well, puzzles. see, that's the thing. Help. I don't. I don't feel like the puzzles. I, I had no. I, there was only one time in the whole game where I struggled with a puzzle, and it turns out there was a bug. <laughs> so yeah. it was. I, I really, but I really felt that, that it was not a difficult puzzle game as much as it was just. It was one of those games, though. Uh, the only problem with games that link. Uh, emotions and tone so firmly to gameplay uh, and there's one moment in uh, fuck what was it called? Oh Heavy Rain that suffered for this for me as well mm -hmm. is that then whenever you have any sort of failure around that moment it totally saps all of the emotional yeah, power that's, of that moment yeah. so that happened there's a time uh, there's a uh, the healer in the game there's this uh, kind of uh, Parappa the Rapper sort of rhythm sort of thing you do to heal people. Oh, see, I haven't even and seen that yet. The it, it, it be, there are moments in the game that are very emotionally fraught mm -hmm. that involve this heal mechanic that if you fail you have to start over, and it's just like you know, game. I, I bless you, yeah. but dear lord, game. I'm not playing you because you're a game. I'm playing you because just because I like your atmosphere and I just want to like, I just want to live in this world for a while. But I'm not like. Well, yeah. Well, see, I enjoy I enjoy the puzzle elements, and I enjoy all that. Well, but it's, it's nice like to have interactive <laughs> stuff, but at the same time, when everyone's different, threshold for this kind of stuff is going to be different. But yeah. For me, it's I'm like, just it's like, I just want to see what, I, what what happens next. To and, me, I wish that this sort of narrative puzzle game was normalized as shooters. Like that's how much I enjoy this mm. kind of mechanic. So it's just a uh, a different perspective. But. Um, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Valiant Hearts. I, I recommend that if you are a person who likes the puzzly games, take a bit of a shot. Uh, there was a part where, um, towards the end of the first chapter, like, for most of the first part of the game, you're just, like, running around, like, in these battlefields and stuff like that. Uh, but there was a part where I wound up in this French village bomb... Not even French uh, village, but a French city with, like, its own uh, cathedral and everything like that. That was all bombed mm -hmm. out and destroyed and stuff like that. And the amount of detail they had to put into... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 the game's based off the Raymond Engine, so everything's just kind of like flat pieces of artwork, just just layered on top of each other, almost kind of like a like a, like a, like a set in a play. But just like the, what they do with 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 just the limitations of that engine in terms of yeah. like you know how things move and stuff is still really impressive. Like some really great, just and the music's good and yeah, yeah, I I really in, in, enjoy and respect. Characters the are very game. goddamn cute they... too. They they left it open very clearly for a fifth chapter DLC. Oh really? And I'm like, God damn it, people! Don't it's do this Ubisoft. To me. What do you expect? Where's that thing true. that came out this week where they were like, "Well, everyone expects DLC now," and people got really pissed off because, like, fuck you guys. Yeah. We we're barely tolerating DLC, but it's not like we're just like clamoring for you to cut more stuff out of these games to sell us back as DLC. But, exactly. You know. Well, to be fair, the aspect in uh, Valiant Hearts is something that the game doesn't need. Yeah. But it was just kind of, it, it literally the last moment of the game is foreshadowing of DLC. You, it's like, would oh, you be playing as on, the guys. stupid Otto von Bismarck evil bad guy or no. something like that? No. That's the one thing it's I do not, not care bad. for in the game is like. Yeah, we had talked about yeah. it. It's like, it's weird to have this game that's set in this very real moment in time to have this cartoonish weird villain. Yeah, it's like you're fighting, something like that's... fighting Docker Claw from Inspector Gadget or something like that. Like, exactly. This, this, this game's already fucked up enough, like the environment and the circumstances are already fucked up. Yeah, you don't need like a cartoon villain on top of everything else. But yeah, no, exactly. it's it's still good. Uh, for 15 bucks, it's definitely, it's worth the 15 bucks. Just, 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 Absolutely. To, just for the environment. And like I said, just even as a history lesson, video game as entertaining history lesson is a rare thing mm -hmm. but this is a game that does it really, really well like I said I'm learning Agreed. a lot about World War One 
that I did not know. And I, I even knew a lot about World War One, and even I learned some things. Yeah. So, Bill, tell me about Star Trek Three Thousand. Oh, Star Trek Three Thousand. Uh, this only this 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 is you're not going to want to hear about this one. I'm not going to talk about it for too long. But I was watching again. I was still watching the Star Trek Next Generation uh, season six Blu-ray set that just came out this week. And there was a part in commentary for one of the episodes where uh, a couple of the people who worked on the show were talking to Ronald D. Moore, who was a writer on Star Trek The Next Generation. And this mm-hmm. is the same guy who he went off to eventually, uh, he created the new Battlestar Galactica show. And mm-hmm. uh, they I can't remember how this came up, but they were asking him if they ever brought Star Trek back to TV. Uh, should it be a reboot, or should it be, t- you know, still take place within the Star Trek universe as depicted in the TV shows? And uh, he was talking about, from a writer's perspective, the best possible thing would be to bring back Star Trek as a reboot. And and not even like the J.J. Abrams reboot, where they're still kind of adhering to the old timeline, but it's n- now it's new cast and everything like that. But just a fresh reboot where you could, like, you could have it be Klingons, but maybe the Klingons are like this. You know, like, you could, like, re- mix and match all the different pieces of the Star Trek mythos and get rid of stuff you don't like and invent a whole new stuff that, that you think is more interesting uh, that, that, that was never part of Star Trek in the first place. Sure. And uh, but then he was also talking about how at the same time though you don't want to do that it, like a reboot would be the best for the writer but it would be the most insulting to the viewers because you still you don't want to negate everything that's ever happened in Star Trek you still want to have all these episodes the hundreds of hours of TV that people want still that that's just that should still mean something like you shouldn't just like throw that out the window just because from a writer writing perspective it's easier just to like, reinvent the whole world from the whole cloth and right. um. Just, like, poking around uh, about uh, Star Trek stuff online, I found out that uh, Brian Singer, the guy who um, uh, wrote and directed the uh, the X-Men movies, uh, I had heard that he had pitched to um, Paramount Studios his idea for a bring back Star Trek, like, about a decade ago, and for some reason it never took off or anything like that. And he had the interesting idea of, um, you still, if you were to make up a new Star Trek show, you would have it take place 500 years after, like, Star Trek The Next Generation, and so mm-hmm. it still takes place in that continuity, but as far enough ahead in the future it would take place in the year 3000. Uh, because, like, Star mm-hmm. Trek Next Generation and the original Star Trek all take place, like, 500 years from now. This new sh- series right. would take place a 1,000 years from now. And that, would, right. and that extra 500 years would be enough time to essentially kind of reinvent the Star Trek universe while still, still keeping continuity. And you could, like... like like, there was all this stuff about how the Vulcans and the Romulans are suddenly, like, reunited, and they're, like, doing all this stuff, and, like, the, the Federation is falling apart and stuff, and I just, just, that that's all a whole bunch of Star Trek thoughts, and like I said, I know you don't care about Star Trek, but that's something I got no, to thinking about. No, that's interesting, like, though. Uh, I was thinking a lot in the, in the back of my head this week about that, like, regardless of the specifics of Brian Singer's pitch aside, it just, that would be an interesting way to bring back an old show like that. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It was just, he had some interesting ideas, like like chief engineer for for the ship on his Star Trek uh, uh, reboot would be uh, like a, uh, was it, who's the guy from Hellboy who's like the ghost who lives in a suit. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but I can't it's remember. almost the same thing like this, where like one of the crew members would just be like a gas, <laughs> just a gaseous <laughs> alien. And, but, like, yeah. in order to, like, run around on the ship and, like, that stuff, he lives inside a suit that, you know, he's still, like, just a cloud of uh, gas, but, you know, it'd still be, like, this people-shaped person, like, you know, talking to and people and stuff like that. So, those are some interesting ideas, but, yeah, just, just, and even, like, specifically Star Trek aside, I just thought it was interesting to think about, just, like, yeah, just, just when, when you're trying to resurrect old stories, 
uh, yeah. like the idea of like either you reboot it or you like how you bring it back while still paying tribute to what made that thing that thing while still right. updating and making it interesting and I don't know just just don't it's know. a sticky wicket yeah so. yeah how do you iterate in a franchise that's uh, that's inviting to new people yeah. while not disrespecting the old people while not being necessarily beholden to the existing franchise because yeah, the ultimate thing I would yeah. love to see somebody create a Star Trek series that Animal will make you get into. I don't know what that Star Trek series would be, but that would I be... I enjoyed Next Generation, and I enjoyed the part of uh, Deep Space Nine I watched. I know, it's but just like, not my it'd be, it'd be cool if someone created a Star Trek show that Bill, even Andy Maloney's like... They made a Star Trek I kind of enjoyed. It was called the J.J. Abrams movies that no one else liked. <laughs> Man, did you see? There's some movie coming out where it's Chris Pine and What's-His-Face from Glorious Bastard playing the smooth-talking villains. What's his face from Inglorious Bastards? That's a pretty robust. What's his face? Uh, there's only Annie. There's only like fourteen guys in that movie. <laughs> uh, what's it, the bad guy from Inglorious Bastards? Oh, uh, what's his butt, Chris? Chris, um, uh, Christoph Waltz. Yes, yeah, there you go. So I've it's no, I've, I've seen pictures seen of both of those guys in like sharp suits with their hair slicked back. Like and that also seems like a funny like a duo of bad guys to have in your movie with Christoph Waltz and Chris Pine. So yeah, I guess they're playing like womanizing weird guy. I don't know. I can't remember what the hell movie it is or anything. I'm into it. But yeah, so I know you're you're a big fan of sexy Chris Pine mode. Or Chris I, Pine I, and his Chris hate Pine. Chris Pine's my favorite. I just love that just there's saying. a James T. Kirk out there that you think is cute, which is a crack. He's hunky. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. He's maximum hunky. Not to say that I really in like am emotionally attached to those Star Trek oh, movies, I know, but right. I know it's fine. But yeah. Though, well, those movies were far more my kind of Star Trek than any Star Trek. And I know the reason why is because they're Star Wars. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, uh, so, uh, what have I been up to this did week? Did you hear uh, about than... supposedly Star Wars 7, the, this, the rumor that came out a couple weeks ago that supposedly the it was a John Boyega, the black guy from Attack the Block, and the gist is he's supposed to be like an imperial... He's supposed to be like an imperial officer. He's supposed to be some bad guy who's crash landed on Tatooine, and so all the stuff they've been shooting out in the Abu Dhabi desert is him crash lands on Tatooine, and then he somehow runs into like Han Solo's daughter, who's also now a princess, played by you know whatever the main chicky in the new movie is, and like they're supposed to be like the two main leads, and it's supposed to be this romantic thing where he's even though he like this, this John Boyega guy, even though he's an imperial bad guy, he's the new Han Solo, and he's all super like "fuck you, princess, you're so stupid." And she's like, "I hit your face," but then they're like, "I love you, you're beautiful." So I really love the way you pitch this stuff, my friend. Is that not is is that not like worthy of that is is that not as good as the way I pitched it? Is that is that not as fun as desk set? <laughs> exactly equal to in every way. Yeah, so. Uh, so speaking of movies, the only movie I watched—I watched two movies this week. We're talking about. I watched this really mediocre western on Netflix called Sweetwater. Yeah. That came out in 2013. It has Jason Isaacs and January Jones. And, oh really? Uh, was, oh, that's terrible. She's a terrible actress. Well, the thing is, is that it kind of let, the whole point of this movie is that she's basically Abigail from Red Dead Redemption, oh, yeah? but allowed to have the agency of uh, John Marston. Because really? it's, it's basically, uh, she and her husband, she's married to this uh, Hispanic guy, 
And she and her husband have this farm, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, except they hmm. live right next to Jason Isaacs and his crazy cults. And uh, crazy cult kills her husband. And then these various other things go bad, and then she fucking murders everyone. So, is it, so, so what's mediocre about it? That sounds like it should actually be pretty awesome. It's a, it's very much so a B movie, yeah. like very much so a B movie. It has some neat visuals, but it's not quite as pretty or clever as it thinks it it's is. It's got Ed Harris. It can't be that bad. Yeah, Ed Harris is the sheriff. Uh, he says, according it's... to Wikipedia, he says, "Hooey, hooey." Hooey, those are the first lines of the movie. Yes, they are. It is not a very good movie, I'm saying. Oh, but, man. Uh, I don't know. It kind of. January Jones did a damn fine job because really the whole thing is that she's kind of a. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a retiring um, wallflower or something? No, she's like a stalwart. Like, she's kind of the John Marston type. That's she's just right, Yeah, because on Mad Men, she's so much just so, like, she, man, I just want to punch her face in Mad Men where she's just so, like, even prim and proper and just, ah yeah. She's kind of a stoic badass. She's a, she was a former prostitute, and she, but the thing is, is that she's still in the community in which she was a prostitute. Yeah. So everyone has all these expectations of her, and she's trying to start her life over with her husband until everything goes wrong. It wasn't very good, but I keep thinking about it. So, I don't know. Sweetwater. I don't know. This is a good week for um, uh, Vengeance, if you felt like in the mood yeah. for it. So, it was, a, it was a satisfying movie. The movie's tagline movie is Revenge is Sweet, which is just kind of shows you the caliber of movie you're kind of dealing with here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see a movie where a, a, a wronged woman shoots a man up his asshole while he's <laughs> masturbating, watch Sweetwater. I'm just saying. So, uh, the other movie I watched this week was, uh, They Came Together, which is the new David Wayne, Michael Showalter joint, so it's more or less the same crew who did Wet Hot American Summer. It's Paul Rudd and, uh, Amy Poehler, um, in a send-up of romantic comedies, and, damn, I love, what I love about uh, David Wayne and Michael Showalter is they're not afraid to just make dumb jokes, Mm -hmm. and just fucking double down on their dumb jokes, like, if you have seen Wet Hot American Summer and find it funny, then you will enjoy They Came Together. I know that that is a pretty loaded caveat, because it's a sort of humor where you're either really into it or See, really I, I still have never not. seen Wet Hot American Summer. I know everyone in the world is supposed to be in that movie and supposed to be fucking hilarious, but for some reason, I, I, I've, I've never managed to catch it yet. I don't know if it's going to be up your alley. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, dumb movie. I like and they Annie, came together. I love toys. I love, I love the weird, <laughs> dumb movies. But that different that is not a movie that's trying to consciously be dumb yeah no that, that is a no no that, that is a movie that is so trying dumb. to consciously be dumb it's kind of autistically retarded like it's it's a mess of, it's not even like oh dumb it's like brain damaged yeah it's but uh but it's not it wasn't trying to be brain damaged it was going for a thing i don't know have you seen together- toys lately <laughs> it's it's got john williams driving a bumper car in a wheat field I'm not disagreeing, Bill, but you cannot tell me no, that no, no, no. people I, who paid for oh, that. Oh, this is not about like, which movie is weirder, but yeah, I can appreciate that there's different levels of art, like intentionally stupidity in movies. Yeah, but it's it, this is more in the Step Brothers vein of dumb humor than that's, it is that's the toys vein of like dumb that. humor. Is my point. Yeah. So, but yeah, I really it's fucking Amy Poehler is a national treasure, and Paul Rudd is so great. I love that Paul Rudd is fundamentally unchanged from Clueless era. Really, he was in Clueless, and uh, he played the older brother in Clueless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, 
Wasn't it like 15 years ago? It was more than 15 years ago. Clueless is more than 15 years old. Oh, easily, Bill. It was not made in the year 2000. Clueless? Clueless. I could have sworn that was like a 1999 joint at the most. 1995, motherfucker. Clueless is almost 20 years old. Holy shit. I'm just saying. Wow. Anyway. Clueless is almost old uh, enough to run a car. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, They Came Together was really dumb, and I enjoyed it very much. It was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Bill, tell me about Mario Goody's book. Oh, so the Pix and Love Company. It's this uh, French uh, video game book publisher. Uh, they just put out a new book about the history of Mario. And um, I these guys, aside from also publishing books, they also like create like little video game, like little ephemera and stuff, like little collectibles and stuff. And uh, for a while, they were manufacturing little tiny video game arcade cabinets with, like, actual, mm-hmm. like, light lit up screens and, like, little controllers that actually worked. And I actually pre-ordered, uh, like, like it turns out, like, four years ago, I had pre-ordered a, like, tiny little light-up Donkey Kong cabinet and a tiny little light-up uh, Pac-Man cabinet. And for some reason, yeah. those never actually came out, so I still had, like, credit with this company. And so, yeah, just, like, last week, they announced that, that, that they had, uh, yeah, they were coming out with this, like, History of Mario book. And um, so I emailed them to say, hey, I still got credit because I, like, ordered these little little, little light-up arcade cabinets that you never sent. Could I just have credit from those, you know, from those cabinets that were never sent applied to this Mario book? They never got back to me, but out of the blue, they just decided to send me these these books for free, I guess, to make up for the fact that I credit with these guys. And so, yeah, um, and so the special edition of this History of Mario book, which is a textbook about, like, you know, just the history of Mario and how it was created and the history of, like, you know, the creation of all the different Mario games... But the special edition of this book also comes with a secondary book called the Mario Goodies book, which is a full color coffee like little like soft cover soft cover um, coffee table book that is just a shitload of pictures of licensed Mario stuff from all around the world, and uh, it's great. It just has all kinds of pictures like like there's a whole complete collection of I guess in Japan in 2005 I guess all Pepsi bottles in Japan for a year had like little like. Uh, little pixelated sculptures of Super Mario Brothers characters from the original Super Mario Brothers game. And so, oh, like, really? yeah, if you bought, a, like, a 20-ounce like a bottle of soda, it would just have, like, Lakitu or Bowser on top. Like, a little statue on top <laughs> of the bottle cap. And all the other shit, like, hats and candy and all kinds of crazy shit. Sure. That's very cute. But, yeah, that's, I, that, that, that's now become, like, required bathroom reading in our house. <laughs> but, oh, um, speaking of, when I was at Toys R Us, Bill, you need to look up World of Nintendo Microland. Oh, no, what's I- this? At Toys R Us, they, I almost bought one for oh, you. No. They have these little, these little Microland toys where they have all these little Nintendo figures, but more to the point, they have like a little. They're like little Mario, like little Super Mario levels. Oh my god, that's like, very cute. You, oh, you know what? You Those get, are like, cute, but it would even be cuter if they were actually like pixelated, like the old eight bit art. Yeah, because that's what one of the things. I guess so. I guess in Japan, this is another similar thing where they actually did come out with sets of. Legos, but instead of Legos, you know, Legos have different sized pieces. This was like little Japanese plastic sets of just every piece was just like a different like uh, colored cube, and so it was a perfect mm-hmm. thing to make pixel art with. And so like there was a whole like back in Japan back in the day there was a whole line of like Japanese essentially Japanese Lego sets where you can create like a whole eight uh, bit uh, Nintendo diorama of Super Mario Brothers like you know scenes and stuff like oh, that's that. pretty great. And so that's pretty fucking cool too. But that got me you know yeah. speaking of Lego stuff, but. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that, that was just an interesting uh, book I just received this week. Bill, tell me about 1776 and Jaws. Yeah, what did you do on the fourth proper? You just went to Toys R Us? Because this is what I did on um, the fourth. 
we I showed Foley uh, Down with Love, which she likes, so we're still yeah. gonna get married. That's the one. With, uh, um, that's Obi Wan and who? It's uh, what's her butt? I can't remember her name. It's not Reese Witherspoon, is it? Who is it, Foley? It's Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. That's oh, it Chicago and Obi Wan. It's uh, yeah, it's like a fucking Doris Day rock like Hudson movie right? spoof. I fucking love Down with Love because I love I I was grew up on those dumb the movies Day and movies, I love right? the dumb double down humor of it and I forgot the climax of that movie and how ridiculous it is and I love that it's that kind of period I don't know how that movie got made because they're yeah. all it's riffing on fifty year old tropes that don't exist anymore like an overwrought score that's like almost yeah. like cartoonish and overwrought I'm a sucker acting. for that kind of artifice. There's some there's some fucking phenomenal yeah. costuming in that movie that's just astonishing. I love that movie. But we watched that, and then I went over to a friend's house and watched fireworks from there. Uh, my friend Carlo has this uh, condo that's on the fourth floor of this building, and it's got a perfect view of downtown Portland. Is, so is this Carlo see all the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, so we got to see all sorts of fireworks, and I showed uh, I showed the group. The Americanization of Emily, which is a terrible party movie, yeah. a terrible party movie. I chose poorly. So you totally killed don't, the evening. Did Did you actually sit there the whole oh, no, thing, or after fine. like twenty minutes in, yeah. you were like, "Oh my god, this is a mistake." Well, no, it's just it's a movie of soliloquies, and soliloquies do not make for good party fare. Which, well, that's not true. I once showed uh, I once showed uh, a crew uh, the Lion in Winter at a party, and that worked really? out. It depends on the crew. Yeah, I guess it depends on who you're showing that stuff to, but yeah. Exactly. It depends on wow. your audience. Okay. I cho- I miss I did not pitch that movie to the right audience. Jesus. But still it was it was a good time. We had fun and uh those are good good folks, so I had a good time. Yeah, I just I went looking for my copy of seventeen seventy six because to show it to Foley. That was the first D V D I ever bought was a copy of seventeen seventy six from Fry. It's totally possible I, that, I, that I might missing. have that copy here somewhere. Yeah, I, I, my copy is missing. Cause yeah, because so. I think I do have a DVD copy of 1776 in the house, and I don't think I've ever bought one, so it's either yours or Dylan's. I would believe that it is mine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Next missing. time I see you, I'll hand it over. Because uh, okay. I, yeah, I own a rip of it and also like the iTunes copy of it. So yeah, I just watched 1776 yeah. and... Everyone on on the fourth was like flipping out on Twitter. They they, they were live tweeting, watching Jaws. I don't know what was what happened this year yeah, of all years that everyone was that. suddenly like, let's sit down and like let's wa- not only just watch Jaws, but we got to talk about it on Twitter all fucking night long. And so yeah. like we're, like right around nine o'clock, I was like, you know, fine, fuck it, I'll throw in uh, Jaws. And so I watched that too. But it's been a couple of years. Is since. Jaws set on the fourth of July or something? You know what the or... thing is? I forgot. Yeah, no. Like the, the the big crux of the movie is that there's a shark attack just a couple of weeks before the fourth of July, and it's you know it takes place in this like you know like Hamptons town where it's you know like England right. island community, and they you know they they make all their money off of people coming out from New York to like spend you know Fourth of July weekend out on the beaches. And so the whole right. crux of the movie is uh, the conflict between Rory Scheider, who is the sheriff, uh, who mm-hmm. wants to close the beaches because he doesn't want any more people getting attacked by sharks on the 4th of July, versus the mayor, who he wants to cover the whole thing up and pretend the shark, ta- shark attacks didn't happen because he wants all that, you know, right. he wants all that 4th of July money. And of course, people do get attacked on the 4th of July and the movie turns into a whole other thing, but... Yeah, so, yeah, Jaws. I mean, it's not like everyone in the world's seen Jaws, so that's all I have to talk about. I'd only seen it for the first time a couple years ago, I think, actually, when you showed it to me. That's a good fucking movie, It's a good fucking movie, yeah. I got the Blu-ray, too. It's super fucking pretty looking, too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Jaws, good times. 1776, good times. I fell asleep halfway through 1776. It's a very long movie. Well, I made myself... Foley still has never seen it. What, Foley hasn't? 
fully has never seen 1776. That's why I went looking for it. I was like, I feel like I failed her. That we've been together like eight years, oh, and I've never yeah, shown her 1776. I do not know. Oh, yeah. Man. So for those of y'all who do not know, and I'm sure we talked about this past, 1776 is a musical about the declaration, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, uh, from the point of view of mostly John Adams. It is a great little musical, a lot of very clever phraseology, very compelling. It is also about three hours long. <laughs> so, yeah. But the movie version of it is really fucking good. And it stars uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World as John Adams, which is why in Boy Meets I World... I have no idea what Boy Meets World is or Mr. Feeney is, but... As John Adams High. Yeah. Well, that was, that's my cultural context for that no, dude. No, he no, was... no, no, John Adams is Knight Rider. He's the voice of the car. Oh, is he the voice of the car? <laughs> Man, which is funny because I've seen 1776 enough now that without having seen Knight Rider, whenever I see like yeah. like some people will be uh, like there'll be clips of Knight Rider and some kind of like you know oh it's shittiest shows of the 80s compilation on YouTube or something yeah. like that. I'm like oh man, it's 1776 with the voice of that car. It just seems extra yeah. fucking weird. John Adams is that car. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, also, but, yeah, yeah like... hauling from uh, Northern Exposure plays uh, the. Was it North? Is it North Carolina delegate who has this whole big crazy song about like uh, slavery and rum? Yeah, molasses to rum to slaves. It's fucking great. Oh man, that's that yeah, shit. Fu- the reason why the reason why we started talking about it is uh, some point we started talking about turkey almost becoming the national bird yeah. of America, and there's a whole song in 1776 about this, and I sang it all to Foley. She just looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> she would love that because all the guys in that movie are very cute. Just the tenor of that movie is just, like, light and fluffy and charming. Except it's when they're singing about movie. slavery, which gets a little fucked up. Well, and the, um, Oh Mama song, which makes me cry it's every sad. time! Yeah. God damn. Anyway, 1776 is good and charming. Also, for like a movie that's, like, 50 musicals. years old, it's, it's, it holds up. It's still kind of, like, a fun movie to watch, yeah. like, like... Yeah, it's a good, good it's a well... There are and many movie musicals John are not that... Adam's wife is hot as balls. She is hot as balls. Agreed. Any woman who can sing that well while also smiling and being funny and cute, oh my god, come yeah. on. It's boner town. It's very difficult to come out of that movie without a crush on Abigail Adams if you did not already have a, a historical crush Thomas Jefferson's wife, she can lick my balls. I don't care about the violin. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> Bill, tell me about Strider guacamole, huh? Strider guacamole is my favorite snack. That's- it's what you had on your notes, my friend. Well, what I do is I start around purposefully with guacamole on my penis. and they're... They're... <laughs> No! So, do you... Bill, if you make one more reference to your genitalia, I'm walking. Okay. Right? <laughs> That's how you burned your boob with a firework in the 4th of July. <sighs> yes. That was... I, I For some reason, that I would... Yeah, that got me thinking about that this week. Let me throw this out there. If you mention either of our <laughs> private parts one more time, I'm walking, so, Bill. So on the PlayStation 3, oh, so with this, because this is the first week of the month, I guess both uh, Xbox and PlayStation, they both uh, sent out their free games that you get like when you subscribe to both of their, you know, their paid services, but Xbox Gold and with the you know, PlayStation Plus on PlayStation, uh, PlayStation uh, 4. PlayStation 4, you get uh, the Strider game, which is a remake of the old uh, arcade game, the old Capcom game where you're like this, for some reason you play as a Japanese ninja who's running around futuristic Soviet Russia just blowing up robots and just slashing them with your sword and stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, but yeah, that's uh, the, so somebody made like a political polygonal side-scrolling remake of that Strider game. Well, not quite a remake. It's it's not it's not like a, like you know like a pixel perfect like remake or anything like that. But it's a spiritual sequel, and that was you could sure. download it for that for free on PlayStation Four. Been playing that that that's been super fun. On the Xbox, they put out uh, Guacamelee Gold Edition, which is I guess yeah. a slightly remastered, remixed, uh, kind of balanced, rebalanced uh, version of. That is also a side-scrolling action game where you play an undead luchador who is fighting the forces of evil by, like, wrestling <laughs> and body-slamming skeletons and monsters and shit like that in this in this yeah. little Mexican town. Have you played Guacamole? Yeah, I saw that on PS4. I, I have not. I have it. I, I got it in some humble bundle. Yeah? But uh, I uh, I don't I don't like playing that kind of game on PC. I'd rather just play it on a console. Yeah, so. no, it's really fun. Um, the controls are really, really super tight, and the, man, the graphics are really nice. The music is great because it's all like you know, like little like mariachi band music and stuff like that. And one of the best parts of uh, Guacamole is that there's a playable female character that's unlocked from the beginning, and uh, oh, she, nice. both uh, she and the male character have a whole bunch of crazy outfits, like different luchador outfits. They can dress like Mexican demons and shit like that. Day of the Dead stuff. And uh, my default, uh, my her, my female character, her default costume is actually the dude's costume. And so she like super extra butch and tough and badass, and just great yeah. to have this game where you're playing this female luchador, just like picking up skeletons and smashing them and throwing them around, and just the game's got a really fun sense of humor. And like I said, the graphics and the sound and the music and everything are really nice too. So it just like oh, I, I, like when I haven't been playing Valiant Hearts, I've been playing that and Strider, and that's been a good time. Which is funny because like uh, nice. aside from Valiant Hearts, which I paid for, um, most of the stuff I've played this week, yeah, uh, Valiant Hearts or uh, uh, Guacamelee and uh, Strider, both free games. Which mm-hmm. and um, free games on my two new consoles, and just by virtue yeah. of, of the free games that I'm getting with uh, Gold Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus, I it's both consoles are starting uh, to turn that bend where I no longer feel like there's absolutely nothing to play on either console. Uh, just mm-hmm. by virtue, of just even these free games, there's enough now to keep me. You know, I don't have that much free time, but the, those free games that are out now. Along with the games I the occasional games I have been buying recently, it's been more than enough to keep me busy, which is really nice. And uh, this is just me just playing like the the, the new next gen consoles, which is I don't know. Yeah. It's it's kind of nice feeling to know that there's always something new to play on these con- yeah. consoles. Finally, so yeah. Well, and then we got the the PlayStation Four has The Last of Us remake coming out later on this month, so that'll be something not quite new to play, but I don't know. Most importantly, next week comes out the the last chapter of uh, uh, Wolf Among Us. Really? Yeah. Is that good? Finally get to see the climax what of what, what happens with on? my boyfriend, Big B. What are you playing that on? Uh, PS, uh, Xbox. Oh, okay. Xbox. Oh, the, the Xbox 360? Yeah. yeah. The old Xbox. I don't no one to cares about anymore. Exactly. It's the only reason why I turn on my Xbox 360. Though I've had the I've had the urge to replay Fable 2. Really? I've been trying to I've been trying to coax my wife into playing. Well, Fable 2 is one of the ways I coerced fully into getting into gaming, and I've been really yearning some sort of narrative based co op experience yeah. with her. Like, um, uh, and not to say that that. So I should give some more context to that. Fable 2 has co-op, but what it is is whoever is the main character is the protagonist of the game, and then oh, the yeah, secondary that character... Oh, yeah, yeah. 
is just like a minion. I think they call them henchmen in the game. And so you're kind of more generic looking and you have much more limited costuming options. But when Foley and I played that game together, we kind of had a meta narrative on top of it all where it was all about how my character won a bet while they were in college and got to be the hero and the other one got to be the henchman. And we had this like elaborate narrative going on. And it was a lot of fun just riffing on uh, like this kind of having this role-playing aspect that we added on top of it. And I'm like, man, I kind of miss that. So she saw a hammer and everything, right? Yeah! Man, that's... It'd be fun to go back and play Fable 2, but just knowing how just to, like... There's no more good Fable left after that game. It's almost kind of like teasing yourself with, like, what could have been by getting so excited by having so much fun with Fable 2. I'm irrationally excited for Fable Legends in the way that I kind of get excited for all Fable games, yeah. but I know that it's it's a bad call. Well, it's just because Peter Molyneux is not attached to the game, doesn't it? I mean, he he was in charge of Fable 3, and that was terrible, so who, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Peter Molyneux was not the re- thing behind that game that made that ga- those games. Like, what Peter Molyneux brings to the table is not what made Fable fun. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that out there. Oh, uh, Fable sp- is not about watching an acorn grow. Speaking of couch co-op stuff, Guacamelee does have... Uh, uh, drop in drop out couch co-op so if you want to play as two badass sexy female luchadors throwing shit around in a really funny side-scrolling just like like beat up action game it's and i think there is like easy mode and stuff on there too if you just want to like fuck around without like, having to worry about i don't know it's I good times i don't really that's not a kind of game is the thing i don't really like i, just, I, would, I would at least recommend checking out a demo just to see what you think I did download the demo. I'll play the demo, but the demo will be about as much from it that I will probably want because okay, I just don't really like there. that kind of game. I think Foley might get a uh, kick out of that game. Is all I'm saying. Hey, Bill, tell me about the leftovers. Uh, leftovers is new uh, HBO TV show by the guy who made. No, he didn't make Lost, but what's his face? The guy who ruined Prometheus. Damon Lindelof. <laughs> I didn't say his name. You said his name. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Damon. <laughs> That poor son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, no, Damon Lindelof, the guy who was one of the major creative forces behind Lost. Yeah, this is his new TV show, just uh, started up last Sunday on HBO. It's actually pretty good. Have you heard anything about this? No. Um, it's based off a, of a book called The Leftovers, which is about, uh, out of the blue, uh, 2% of the world's population suddenly disappears and no one knows why. A lot of people assume it's it's the rapture. But no one, like, there's no, the, the, the 2% of the people who get, like, suddenly disappear seems to be completely random. It's not, like, just, like, 2% of, like, the best of the world's population. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Gary Busey and Stephen King and Anthony Verdain, along with, like, the Pope and all mm-hmm. these other, like, just completely random smattering of 2% of the population. And so, the, the at least the first episode, it's only one, been one episode that's come out uh, so far, it's just entirely about people's just reactions and them just trying to survive. It, it's the, 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 the first episode takes place, I think it's two years, two or three years since this event has happened. And it's become like the global new version of 9-11 where everyone just talks about like, like on October 14th and whatever, how society has changed since October 14th so since these uh, this 2% of the population has disappeared and it really is just about everyone it's kind of like the show's really about kind of like survivor guilt and and interesting uh, people have mentioned that on a larger meta way of looking at it it's, it's it's also just about like dealing with like sudden death of loved ones because all these people's sure. like loved ones have just suddenly sudden disappeared loss. without explanation yeah. there's no closure and yeah. uh Lindelof, 
has promised that the show's not going to be too much about trying to figure out what happened to these people. It's really is going to be more about just about the people who the leftovers yeah. about their how they were dealing with this situation. And so he promises, yeah. like, it's not going to be teased at the end, end of every episode. Like, what happened to the people? We're going to find out what yeah. happened to the people. That's not the point. It's 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 about these people yeah. reacting and not, not, not about the source problem, which is kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. So, Well, yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, that is the most compelling part of those shows. Mm. It's like, in, in answering any sort of mystery, it's never satisfying. And it's, it's interesting because it kind of makes it kind of like a science fiction fantasy show without... Really, there being any science fiction or fantasy elements, you got you yeah. got this one crux of the idea that two people have disappeared, but it really is just about the drama of people living in this small town. And specifically, oh. like instead of a whole bunch of random people, this the show is very specifically about this one family where the the guy mm-hmm. he's the sheriff in this town, and and uh, and no one in his family has been taken away, but his family has just been fractured by seeing other people their their lives being destroyed by this two percent sure. people population disappearing. Uh, the daughter is played. She is really fucking weird. She really confused the hell out of me because, she, like, she's really weird looking. She's the brunette with blue eyes, and I, I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what the hell she looked like. She looks like a baby evergreen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, combined if if you took her and combined it with my old friend uh, Lisa Luca, because Lisa has kind of like long hair and stuff like that. But yeah, she kind of looks like. Oh, it's Justin Thoreau. Who's Justin Thoreau? He's a hunk. He's a, a long-standing hunk. He plays Kevin on that show. I don't know. Sorry, I'm not talking about your girl. Justin Throw is a uh, is a, a long-standing hunk of notes. Yeah, it's got Liv Tyler on it. Yeah, fucking yeah. Look at it's all got this Doctor shit. Who anyway, shows sorry, up too for two seconds. He's playing an American. Uh, Which Doctor Who? Uh, he plays the the first one in the terrible in the the season that looks Which terrible. Doctor? Which Doctor Who, motherfucker? The ninth Doctor. Do you know what that even means? No! That's what I'm saying! He's played... Describe him! You're right, Bill. If only they had some sort of salient characteristics other than being Doctor Who and having a number. Hey, Andy, guess what? Christopher Eccleston plays the Christopher Eccleston okay. Doctor Who. Thank <laughs> you. He's the Fuck guy who wore a black leather jacket. Yes! No, you can also say Christopher Eccleston. That's I got what I'm that. Saying, Thank yeah. you. Oh. Doctor Who is in it, motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's not bad. It, I don't know. The first episode was fine. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, Justin Thoreau, I'm assuming that's the son. The son is this, uh, he's the son of the family and he's gone off to join some kind of crazy cult out in the desert or something like that, so. Uh, he seems to be a police officer. Really? Justin Thoreau? He's in a police uniform. Oh, well then he's the main guy. Wait, Justin Thoreau, I, let me Google this. Then he's the, then he's the main character, because like I said, the main character is the dad, who's a cop. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh... Quiet podcast moment while we Google. <laughs> I'm saying, no, that's Justin Thoreau was great. He was in the Baxter as uh, the actual love interest. He was really good. He was really great in American Psycho. Yeah, Justin Thoreau. As, you think uh, he's a hunk? What else is the guy? What else is he in? He's a monster hunk, is Justin But he's Thoreau the main character. Hunk. Then you should probably watch The Leftovers. Foley. Foley. Is Justin Thoreau a hunk? See, there we go. If two lesbians think someone's well, guess a hunk, what? someone's a hunk. He got someone pregnant. He had a daughter that turns out looks like baby, baby chick Evergreen. <laughs> so there's like multiple reasons to want to, you should watch this show. And and, and his anyway. friend is crazy Christopher Eccleston, Doctor Who, uh, religious guy, who's losing his mind. All right. So speaking of uh, shows taking a blessedly... Uh, a blessedly fresh take and that they're not just doing the obvious thing like for example not playing with a mystery just to torment you and then have an unsatisfying yeah. resolution 
I'm still slowly working my way through Orange is the New Black. I'm only about halfway through the new season, maybe a little more than that. But I got to the nun's backstory, and I was so delighted because most people, when they try to come up with a compelling story to tell about someone of faith, the easiest thing to do is to go to someplace lurid. It's like, mm-hmm. you, oh yeah, you know, it's sex or something, yeah. or like money or anything. And what I liked is that her, it was just kind of a very mundane story of um, self-absorption. Self-absor- and to show that like a pe- person of faith can have just kind of normal, quote-unquote, boring problems yeah. was really refreshing and really remarkable, and I enjoyed it very much. Very much. Man, this season of Orange is the New Black has my favorite line, I think, of any media I have ever seen, which is, at one point in this season, they have, uh, the lesbians have a fuck-off to see how many orgasms they can achieve on other women, and they're like, all these women are ranked and everything like that, and at one point, Nikki is trying to go for this ten-pointer, you know, and uh, she says this line that I can't get over. She's like, I feel like Icarus, whose wings melted when he tried to fuck the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this may be my favorite line in media right now. Yeah, no, oh she's one of my favorite characters, too. She also has a line when she's talking to Piper later on, too, where she says something about, like, how Piper's talking about how she's bummed because she thinks, like, like, she could, like, pretty much die and no one would notice that she's gone. And Nikki says something to the fact that, yeah. like, you know... Like, you tickle me, I would notice that you're gone. It kind of makes... Oh, yeah, she, yeah. Nikki's one of my favorite characters, but yeah. Orange is the New Black, this season is not as good as the first season, just in the first season had, like, a focus, a narrative focus, and a character focus yeah. that is not sustainable. But the remarkable... The thing about this show is that it is phenomenal even when it's a more meandering season, just because it's about fucking normal women, ha- and normal women problems, yeah. and only women. Like, that... It is still my favorite thing. I would rather watch ten bad episodes of Orange and the New Black than ten good episodes of pretty much anything else. The one, my only one problem with uh, the new season of Orange and the New Black, well, there's a structural thing, too, because I think there's the, the, there was a cliffhanger that ended the first season that they kind of brush under the, 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 the rug with this season that they never really... Um, that they that they never really deal with in, in a Which, head-on situation. The whole thing with Pensatucky and, like, uh, the whole thing with uh, Piper almost killing Pensatucky, and it just kind of, like... Oh, I thought yeah, I thought that, that was more of dealt a thing. with as much as. Yeah, well, that that's a whole other thing. But no, the the only thing yeah. I'm for, on a long term basis, I'm kind of worried about the show, is the format that every episode has to be a flashback episode about a specific character. Yeah, and that yeah. it's it's sl- sl- slightly starting to run into the lost problem where the more flashbacks you have for individual characters, the more they kind of have to start making up shit to justify those flashbacks happening. And yeah. there's only so much interesting shit you can mine with repeated flashbacks for his individual characters like yeah and um lost had that format where by like the third season when you're having like each character's like third or fourth flashback and you're trying to just like like you know jack eventually had a a whole episode about where he got his tattoos and shit like like you know there's there's only so many episodes you can do flashbacks about an individual individual character and have that be an interesting just an interesting thing that you're learning about that character to just justify that flashback in the first place and i'm kind of worried that like i don't know uh, by the time they're on like piper's like fifth flashback as to how she wound up hooking up with alex i'm just gonna be like well okay why like what are okay so what's the point of this you know i don't know so 
Yeah, when I one thing in this season, they they do have some flashbacks that like border on and like the, and the way they link to episodes borders on some like after school special a little stuff. Bit, but yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, but even then, I still fucking love this show. Like, I would rather if this whole show could devolve into nothing but after school special bullshit, and I would still enjoy it because the first season was remarkable for its cleverness and everything like that. But that is ultimately why I not the reason why I like that show. It's just because it's a bunch of broads. Well, also, this season isn't very good because the lady they cast as the new villain is terrible. Um, are you being serious? No, she's Do you awful. not like V? Are you making it? Are you being facetious? Yeah, no. The villain what is that female cop lady? The one the, who the one who's really nice. How they turned her into this season's villain? Have you gotten to that part yet? Where she's the bad guy and she's just she's just suddenly clamped down and she's like ruling the place and she's like selling cigarettes and shit. Do you mean V? Are you conflating? No, the I don't even don't... understand what this joke is, Bill. <laughs> no, no, no. I I'm really don't. No, V. The lady who plays V is fantastic. Even though her only real <laughs> acting is just to sit there, like stare at people with half-lidded eyes. Well, yeah. Well, I, there's something I really there. There's something to be said for an understated character actor. Yeah, I like it. Like half job, her character's so. presence will be to be this dark, big, frizzy-haired shape that will sh- like slowly shuffle into the background of a scene and just kind of like linger there, just be like like this dark thundercloud in, in, in the horizon. But well, yeah. pretty much her character is that she's a very warm maternal character until she well, she can be. Yeah, that's kind of the terrifying thing about her. Yeah. That's what's great about her. And I like her. how she's they hook her into her past uh, with her and uh, Tasty, too. Tasty. Yeah. yeah. And the Tasty and Poussey thing. poor Poussey! Oh, man. Poussey uh, is... They actually, man, they kind of... Poussey gets a little too beat up in this season where I'm just like, man, how does Poussey not just buy a gun and just start shooting everyone? <laughs> man, so what was really cute was I was at 7-Eleven the other day, and I don't know how... Oh, I walked... Um, we have an intern at work. I walked the intern down to 7-Eleven and got her snack, and we were just talking. And what was really cute is that there's this intern who's like, you know, 10 years my junior, yeah. fresh, freshly graduated from college, and all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And then she and I and the clerk at 7-Eleven started excitedly talking about Origins of the New Black. And, like, and it was just like this cute moment of like these three broads from very, very different places Wait, just chatting about Have you gotten to Poussey's thing. flashback yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm full, but thank you. Yeah, it's it's some good shit. Man, when she's fishing out that German, I was like, God damn. <laughs> Poussey is pretty sweet. Alright, friends, that's all the shit we did this week, believe it or not. We just gabbled about some things we consumed. Hopefully you consumed them too. Hopefully you had some context for them. Hopefully you didn't tune out too hard when we talked about Lego. Please join us in just a moment. We're going to talk about Geek Week in Review. I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. <laughs> you can't stop the things I do. I ain't lying. No! In 300 years, right down to the day, now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. You got your head in your head. We're back. This is Geek Week Interview. Hey, everybody, we're back. It's time for the Geek Week Interview. So what happened? I was just telling Bill... Literally, while we were recording this morning, we launched a second Mighty Number no. Nine Kickstarter. Wait, I, in the whole because I know they were doing fundraising 
for like slacker backers so they could raise a hundred thousand dollars for voice is an actual it's a, it's a whole new official kickstarter here hold on a second i just saw the polygon article sort of thing because it's one thing yeah because i saw that well it's like a, like a, like a, like a, what i saw was not an official kickstarter it was just like hey guys if you guys oh okay yeah if you guys no, want to no, contribute but yeah a hundred thousand dollars for voice acting which, hey, like, nah, who knows how much voice acting costs. But that doesn't seem like a game that's going to, like, really benefit from voice acting very much. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, well, me talking about the side-scrolling games I've been playing this week. Uh, it's not like Valiant Hearts. Well, Valiant Hearts has some voice acting, but it's all... Yeah. And uh, it's not like Guacamelee. Oh, that's fucking weird. Well, I saw that they're also trying to turn it into a cartoon, too. The Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah. Which is yeah. a little putting the cart before the horse because yeah I, it's it's a, the guy who made Mega Man it's not like Mega Man characters have ever been that interesting like it's just like oh, I'm a but robot made of really ice people really love them What's that? like people are really emotionally attached to those They're characters Bill. <laughs> yeah Bill because you haven't spent any time or energy working on any sort of Mega Man map sort of thing or anything like That's that or... but I like it because it's a fun game but I don't know we'll, we'll see so are you, so Dude, are you disappointed by this, by this uh, are you upset about this uh, request for more money oh no I just figured you'd have some commentary oh, I commentary. Usually I the do the fuck I want I don't like... care I, I, as long as I get my free copy of the game. well not free copy because I paid money for the Kickstarter but like yeah. you know as long as I get my copy of the game next year I don't give a shit but yeah, it does seem a little bit like voice acting who gives a fuck. Hey everybody, it's time for the Geek Week interview. We're going to talk about some Geek Week shit, uh, uh, not... etc. What? I thought this was a Geek Week interview. Uh, well, sure. Now it is officially. Doubly officially, because we're both on board. Hey everybody, did you know that the entirety of the 60s Batman TV show is coming to Blu-ray and DVD this fall? Yeah, I guess there's going to be a, uh, more details about this at Comic-Con. Which I forgot Comic-Con is a thing that happens every year still. <laughs> Isn't that shouldn't that be happening like in the, like sometime this month, right? It's always July. Very soon, my friend. Man, yeah. I miss going to Comic Con. That was always fun. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I, but they did announce. Uh, well, well, I think I think it was Batman. I don't think it was ever actually came out on DVD. I think that was one of the weird TV shows that, for some reason, due to rights reasons, never came out yeah. on DVD, much less Blu-ray. But they did announce finally the whole shebang's finally coming out. Uh, we could probably uh, credit Jeff Parker with this this entertainment victory, the success of his Batman. 60s comic book, Jeff Parker and Jonathan Case, who were both very cool, talented comic book creators, who are the creators yeah. of the Batman, was it the like, Batman 1966 comic book series? Or I think it's just called? called Batman 66. Yeah, Batman yeah. 66, which is super fucking cute, but yeah, so they ever finally come up with Batman. Not that, you know, that, that's, that's a kid you, I don't think either of us are like super huge, like, you know, Batman 60s TV show fans or anything like that, but. I watched it in my youth. It's fun. The Batman movie's cute, you know, everyone, you know makes you know makes riffs off you know they they joke about like you know you can never get rid of a bomb and a shark repellent and all that stuff and it's kind of pleasant to have to be able to go back to goofy like yeah. superhero shit because we are so the age of you know when everything's being christopher dark, nolan did michael bay to death yeah yeah, yeah. so, uh, so be cool. i don't know bless him Hey, everybody, did you know that community is coming back as a yahoo series yeah not too much more details about this but yahoo I don't think Yahoo had enough money to make anything like this. It's weird. Yahoo is one of those things that had money back in the day and still continues to have money despite not really being relevant. I wonder who uses Yahoo for anything enough to even justify this. Like, it's... Moms. Moms and grandmas. You think everyone's like, really? using... You think, like, 
in the gulf between the parts of the internet that people actually use and are at, that are actually useful and Facebook, you think Yahoo would have fallen off the face of the earth, like because dude, Yahoo paid like a billion dollars for Tumblr. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I'm just saying, son. You know what? I do have to admit uh, that Tumblr is getting pretty good. Like, um, you do get those bullshit like advertising posts that'll show up in your feed sometimes, but uh, they're pretty good with the. Uh, they'll have recommended posts. That yeah, I, recommend. Like, I love And Tumblr. nine times out of ten, at least so far, most of the recommended stuff that's sent my way, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And I actually found some pretty cool Tumblr vlogs as a result of that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like Tumblr. And I think even their sponsored posts are usually reasonably, like, they're not in, they're not offensive. Not they're not bad. as obnoxious as sponsored worse. tweets. Who knows what the hell's going to happen, but at least, well, yeah, who hasn't completely Because how the destroyed. fuck do you monetize Tumblr? Like, I, I really don't envy anyone who is waiting for their investment checks on Tumblr and Twitter, because I'm like, how the fuck do you monetize that shit? Good luck. But, yeah, so uh, I don't even know if, like, community's coming back on Yahoo, so I guess that would suggest that it's going to be, like, a whole season of half-hour episodes, I guess. I don't know. Uh, hopefully it's not just, like, little web shorts or some bullshit like that, because... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Yahoo's we'll trying to, like, see. start their own, like, in, like entertainment program or what, but... Well, nowadays it's all about having your own proprietary content that means that people come to your door. Because I'm sure that Yahoo has a streaming video service or whatever. Yeah. It's the same reason why Sony spent so much of their conference talking about the Powers TV show. It's all about everyone yeah. wants to have the new orange is the new black. That's weird. Know? Especially we're supposed to be getting that Power show by the end of the year, too, which is especially weird. And they haven't even cast it or anything yet, you know. Show. Uh, Brian Fuller is helping turn American Gods into a TV show for stars. Uh, have you? Ever, wait, I know you're not a fan of uh, of of Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? Uh, what do you think about American Gods? What do you think about this news? I tried to read it, and I think I got about five pages in before I. It stopped. is a terrible fucking book. I just don't like his voice no, very much, neither. and I don't tend to like the characters he. And writes you're about. talking. I love the Sandman comic. I. St it's not like I just like you know just across the board hate Neil Gaiman stuff, but. Yeah, American Gods. I and mean, you know what? It, it, I, I, I finished American Gods, and I thought that book was stupid. I hate to say stupid because that's like really reductive. Oh, it's stupid. It's not. It's not your jam. But it's 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 the same same thing where it's like Neil Gaiman can't write real human beings, but he can. He's really good at writing like abstract ideas masquerading as people. That's why he that that one Doctor Who episode he wrote was actually pretty good because. I mean, yeah. that's kind of like the doctor. He's just kind of like this abstract god who's interacting with people. Yeah. But yeah, this like the, the the twist at the end of American Gods was just kind of ridiculous, and you could see it coming from a mile away. And what a twist! I don't know. I just don't think Neil Gaiman's half as clever as he is. He seems to think that he is, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting that Brian Fuller. He he's not he's not creating the entire show, but he is writing the pilot. He's not going to be the showrunner or anything like that. So I guess mm. he can still keep on focusing all of his attention on uh, Hannibal, but. No, no, that's, 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 well, I'm sure it's like the way J.J. Abrams will do a TV show and that, like an episode, and then book well, out, I mean, yeah, J.J. Abrams he wrote the pilot episode of Lost, but it pretty much had nothing yeah. to do with it afterwards. But then everyone yeah. just kept on assuming, you know, everyone kept on running with J.J. Abrams for the next like six years afterwards. Like, hey, what's next on Lost? And he's like, I, I wrote the pilot, and that's. I'm sorry, guys. I yep. yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Almost like people just make assumptions. Yes. Yeah. Just go for it. Detach a name switch. For some reason, the they just assume that I have sex with my Muppet. I don't know where they get that crazy idea from. All right. Uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> is burning off two episodes of Korra every Friday, meaning that the third season will be over in less than a month, which is great for fans, but not so great for the show's prospects. Yeah, so I have you tried to watch it in the Korra on Blu-ray? I got you. 
No, Bill was kind enough. Thank you, Bill. I haven't thanked you, quote unquote, in person. Uh, Bill did get me season two on Blu-ray. Uh, no, I had not did had you actually, chance to I can remember watch last it. week. Did you mention you had actually bought that season on iTunes? You just never finished it. I had got no. We had watched the first four season or first four episodes on Nickelodeon because they streamed them oh, okay. on Nick.com. So we had watched them at the time, and then we we didn't get around. So yeah, to at least season, if you do want to catch up. You know, you, you have that. Oh, it's, it's very kind of you, and we will. At some but yeah, point, it's it's, you know? it's 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 not that great. And but yeah, no, this is alarming that the, that they're burning off this whole season in less than a month. Uh, which and yeah, the fact that they they haven't really advertised core that much, and uh, the fact that they just debuted the new season without any kind of like lead up to it or anything like that really does seem like they're trying to show the sh- uh, shove the show under the carpet right now, which is really fucking weird because it's got to be a pretty expensive show to produce. You could make the counter argument that we live in the age of shotgunning television, yeah. where it's like this is an age where people don't want to wait a year for an entire season, or or they'll just wait for the DVDs or whatever, the yeah. Blu-rays, and the sooner you can make it one palatable nugget, the better. But yeah, but you think even then, you they, they, they were still like advertising, you know. They, you know, when Netflix yeah. drops Orange is the New Black or House of Cards, they still advertise the fuck out of it everywhere. But like. Perhaps, Bill, they're advertising not to thirty, you know, mid thirties Bill Mudrin. No, if you if you if you check out if you like you go like the core subreddit on Reddit or anything like that, like everyone's saying like there's no advertising for this any like it's 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 not oh, just sure. my thing, but I've actually looked at the community and everyone's like really concerned about this because there is no hype yeah. for this season at all and yeah, Nickelodeon seems to be just kinda of sending it out to die this year, which is kind of a shame. Because, like I said, yeah. like, just from judging from the... Again, like, uh, they didn't... Uh, when the show came back, they did not just drop one episode, but they dropped three episodes all at once. And those three episodes are actually pretty good and really kind of suggest that the show might be actually going to an interesting place, like, a much, much more interesting place than the second season did. And, I don't know, who knows if that's actually going to happen, but... I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Cora. But I still get, you know, as long as... Yeah. Man, all you really need is that Cora, uh, the the Korasami Tumblr blog that I sent you a link to. Rentable Lego sets. What? Uh-huh. What is Click this? that link, motherfucker. Hold on, I'm clicking it. You. What? You tell me about it. So what? So what's the service called? It's called Play. P L E Y. Yeah. So it is a thing where uh, I don't know if it's subscription based or what, but yeah, you can uh. They will mail you used Lego sets that you could build at home, disassemble them, and mail them back. And uh, you could lose up to 15 pieces <laughs> before they start charging you for missing pieces. And uh, they promise that they sanitize the shit out of all the parts. So, you know, if, if whoever rented the, the whatever Lego kit before you, if they, you know, if they had, you know, the cooties, you know, you could pretty much, you could hope that you don't get the cooties too. But I just love the idea of rentable Lego sets. And actually, the prices aren't that bad. That's what I'm it's saying. Fifteen like, dollars a month, yeah. twenty-five a month, or thirty-nine a month, which is expensive. I'm going to say that out loud. But Lego sets are fucking expensive. The first two things I looked oh, for: wait. the Monster Hunter Mansion and the French Parisian restaurant. They weren't available, though, so I was kind of bummed. Aww, but I'm just saying. And That's also, ridiculous. if you're looking for very specific pieces, you could like you could uh, you could rent a kit or two and then lose the pieces and then send uh-huh. them back. 
So just throwing yeah. it out there. And I like that they're like uh, they're like uh, if you like it, you can buy it at a discounted rate, which is yeah, cool. which is yeah. I mean that's of course cool. that's still going on with the old Netflix, you know, yeah, rental model too. So. You've double paid for it at that point, but still. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, I thought, yeah. I was, I'm kind of surprised you hadn't heard about that. If I had heard about it, I'm kind of surprised you didn't. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, Gone Home is now available in a retail fake Super Nintendo box. Yeah, what's up this with is that? Really cute. This is really cute. So, yeah, they, there is now a physical copy of Gone Home available. Cool. The box is a faux Nintendo box. It comes with, like, all sorts of cute shit. It comes with uh, a poster of their uh, the zine that they put together. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a cute little The package. most important part of this thing to me, more than even the Super Nintendo box, is who was the person who created, like, the artwork... Like who created the Trapper Keeper artwork in that game? Was that oh, <laughs> was that Carla? They had a or, whole bunch of they they had a whole bunch of people that they commissioned to make little assets. Oh, really? Like because that, whoever so. created so what happens when you open up the Super Nintendo box? You get a DVD case inside, and the DVD case, the artwork of the DVD case is the Trapper Keeper from the game, which is mm-hmm. the most totally it's 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 fucking perfect recreation. It's yeah. of like eighties, like mid to late eighties, like Trapper yeah, Keeper kind of shit, where it's like giraffe, like you know, surfing, and it's like a koala bear playing a piano, and it's just it's fucking hilarious. But yeah, it's good shit. But inside, yeah, yeah, yeah you cute. get like on home stickers and stuff. Yeah, I really do like the the, co- the the poster, which is the cover of the zine that uh, Katie and Lonnie work on too. Um, it's really cute as hell. It's, and it's, yeah. it's thirty bucks, which. Is, a little steep, maybe for a game that you've already paid for, but all this the, the the collectible stuff. Well, actually, not even that aside, but the 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 was it the designer's journal that you get, which is like a little notebook with, yeah. I guess. Is it just? I think thirty bucks is is pretty no, rad no. for for what you get. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's bad. Well, once you know, shipping and stuff like that, but whatever. <laughs> um, Bill always convincing about gone home pricing. That's. <laughs> You, Bill. You, you, no, you're just... What, is that all just Is that... Is the only person who's contributed to the design, designer notes? Because I want some Carla notes in there, too. I, I haven't looked at it yet, my friend. We gotta, we gotta interview Carla on the podcast sometime about that. We gotta have, we gotta have those kids on at some point. Sometimes. sometimes, uh, sometimes. Get some scoops on the new Has game, Has Dan announced what he's working on next? Uh, no, they have not talked about it yet. Okay. Maybe some people know. Is there a God Home Lego set? That would be actually really rad. Oh to do. man! You could like do a little uh, GoPro camera and like have it go through the house and be like just like the game. A supposed system error caused the demo for EA's FIFA 14 to come with a 4.99 price tag on Xbox One. Man, technically it's FIFA. I only point that out because people overseas are going to rip our balls off if we call it FIFA and no one says anything about it. But yeah, um, I. I wonder about this because that, that that's such a specific low price. Well, I mean, not five bucks isn't low, but you know, it's it's this is something I could see EA kind of testing the waters with. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like <coughs> now that Microsoft has gotten really lax with demos and stuff on the Xbox One, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like EA could have come to Microsoft. I don't know. This sounds really tin hat, t- tin foil hat, mm-hmm. but like uh, it seems like. It's such such a specific system error to be like, "Oops, we almost charge you for the f- five bucks for this, for this incredibly popular demo." I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't object to being charged for. Uh, I wouldn't object to paying a small price for a demo if then that price was taken off. The yeah, cost exactly. Of the I mean, game. there's a way to make that work, but no. Yeah. Know. But I wouldn't. I, <coughs> Interesting. 
part of me, um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this could have been EA potentially. I mean, granted, then, I mean, it's e it, it's Microsoft who sets the prices for this stuff. It's not like EA can, like, yeah. force Microsoft to, to, to pretend this is a system error. But And it, this yeah. didn't happen on the PlayStation 4 either. This is very specific to the Xbox One marketplace. But still a little, well, it's a little fishy. And it's really, I mean, that's yeah. also Microsoft and EA are, they're fucked up enough. It's, it's really assumed that they might be doing something fucked up, but who knows. But it's still... Uh, it's still a little skin crawly, but no. this is my favorite news from this week. Fox News ripped off the Bioshock Infinite logo for a defending the homeland Please? graphic. <laughs> Especially, y'all need to Google this if you have not. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, Fox News. I almost wonder this... if it's a joke by someone in the graphics department who understood I, how fucked up this surprised. was. Because specifically for a segment called Defending the Homeland, which sounds like such yeah. a Bioshock Infinity thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, Something tells me someone got fired. Yeah. That's, <laughs> again, that, that, that's, a, that's a little too perfect to be a mistake. Yeah. This, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful also thing. Highly recommend. Too. It's a terrible knockoff. Uh, well, you know, I'm just saying when you're asked to bang out a, a graphic, you know, tomorrow like you know. for like for like the senior home uh, production of Peter Pan, <laughs> like it's yeah. not, it's terrible. Anyway, uh, somehow I admit I was one of the people who was tricked by this whole experience. <laughs> somehow the internet got tricked into thinking that Tina Fey is making Hocus Pocus well, too. How does Tina Fey is I making a ghost, and like even the internet was. The internet reported this all over the place, but they refused to, like, tell me where this came from. Yeah. Yeah, so it really all it is is that I can totally see it. It's like, Tina Fey's making a ghost movie. Wow, that's kind of like Hocus Pocus. Holy shit, what if she made Hocus Pocus? I and then in the internet that, game of telephone. Who would you cast in a Hocus Pocus sequel, assuming it wasn't just the original cast? See, that's the thing. You'd have to get Bette Midler, at the very least. Yeah. And like you, like you'd have to, uh, yeah. I would, I would, but though I did find out because Max, who's the protagonist of Hocus Pocus, uh, was the protagonist of Erie, Indiana. Oh, he was. He is now a hairdresser in Israel. <laughs> so I guess you, I guess it's going to be a new hero then for for Annie's uh, Hocus Pocus sequel. Uh, See, what? The, so what happened yeah. to the cat? Binks. Yeah. Binks is voiced by, I can't remember his name now, he is a long-standing voiceover actor, and he was also in Indirian <laughs> and Indirian as Dash X. Did Billy Bones or whatever his name is play the dude's dad, too, in the That's Indian? totally what's-his-butt. Billy Bones from Hocus Pocus is Doug Jones. Oh, that's right. Baby Doug Wait, Jones. Wait, is Billy Bones? Did I actually, uh, did I remember that correctly? That I think I remember his name is Billy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I so, thought it was like Slaughterhouse Billy or something like that. Like no, Billy will kill he, you. I only know he was not. I've yeah. only seen the Hocus Pocus once, and that's because Annie made me watch it at her house, and it was fucking hilarious. We had a good time. It's a fun dumb movie. I forgot how obsessed that movie is with virgins. They talk yeah. about the fact that the Max is a virgin at least eight. And also, Fairfield's wife is weirdly attractive in that movie too. I can't explain it. I'm usually oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, I'm not usually into goth chicks either too. But she's like, oh, she's actually pretty cute. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> fucking hocus well see the thing is is that it's just that they're my generation of women who really loved hocus pocus yeah. and were like weaned on that shit and really and tina Fey's our favorite woman no it's, so it's like it's, it's like it's almost 
seen as like it's the I don't even say the Goonies for girls. I don't know why girls like that movie so much more than boys because it's kind of gender neutral. Aside from the like, you know, you got the witches or ladies, but it's not like it's so specific. It's, I was gonna say it's because there's a strong female quotient in that. Movie. But like, it's, it's kind of the Goonies in that it's this perfect like kids action like adventure movie atmosphere where it's yeah. kind of like the perfect Halloween. Like they live in this perfect like Halloweeny New England town, and it's got like you know like this ancient legends about stuff, and it's kind of creepy enough, yeah. but it's still family safe enough, and doesn't feel legitimately like threatening but like it's still like ooh, it is i don't know yeah oh. i would want in my modern day recasting of um uh of hocus pocus i would want it to be tina fey amy poehler, amy poehler and uh chelsea peretti oh, no. or jenny slate no. well, okay. come on chelsea peretti would be fantastic okay but melissa Melissa McCarthy would be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would want Mindy Kaling to be like the pre- the principal of the school. And what I'm happens saying. if Orange oh New God. Black in that third season is turn everyone turns into witches and that's it for a season? <laughs> is, is Hocus Pocus fan fiction? There we it's go. Just Hocus Pocus three. It just even just jumps. It just jumps Hocus Pocus two to go straight straight to Hocus just Pocus three. So let's say the three witches would be Chelsea Peretti, um, Melissa McCarthy. Who would you have be the is third Chelsea woman? Peretti I wouldn't from, really... Is that the what's her face from Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah, oh, she man, plays that'd be the crazy, great. the non cop. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want Tina Fey to be the, like the principal or the mom. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want her to be the witch. I, yeah, she'd be. And a, Amy Poehler needs to be like the bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, I don't know who I. Dude. She needs to show up. She needs to be like Rachel Drash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would be down for Rachel Drash being in it. Oh, Rachel Drash, she's so good down with love. I'm gonna have to come back to y'all on who would be my third witch in Hocus Pocus. Would Sandra Bullock not be the good mom in his Hocus Pocus too? No, because it's Tina Fey. Okay, <laughs> just like it is. It, Decided. I wanted it? to be Tina Fey's best friends with president of the school, who is played by Amy Poehler. Oh my god! Uh, Minnie Kaling is a librarian who knows all about the witches and shit. Um, oh, I want Emma Stone to be in it. Emma Stone could be the third witch. She would she she be the sexy witch? Bill, aren't we all? And by sexy witch, she way, just like lip syncs and dances witch. while just wearing a witch hat, and that's it. <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> "Quote unquote sexy witch." Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we were all goofed. It's just a movie with the witches. Man, we in need it. to have our own special. We need to have people on the podcast. It's Halloween and have our own Hocus Pocus two fan fiction Commentary. script writing script breaking <laughs> session. I, I really, I hope, if nothing else, that Disney of all this is like, fuck, we gotta make a Hocus Pocus two, yeah. and it will be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you get to make Hocus Pocus two? I'm trying to think. Uh... Edgar Wright not, isn't doing anything these days. That's true give it to Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> potato salad. <laughs> Bill then includes a link. Click the link. Oh, is this? So I missed all this. There was a Kickstarter for potato salad. So potato salad. So Kickstarter has laxed its rules on what can or can't be a Kickstarter these days. And so, I didn't find out about this until just last night when I was just, like, just filling out the, fleshing out the show notes for the week. But explain what the potato salad Kickstarter is. You know as much about it as I do now. I love that, yeah, so this guy has, has 26 days to go. He's raised $4,360 of his $10 goal. $10 goal. Um, 
his stretch goal at three grand was, my kitchen is too small. I will rent out a party hall and invite the whole internet to the potato salad party. Only $10 and above will be allowed in the kitchen. The internet loves potato salad. Let's show them that potato salad loves the Well, the original goal was like, hey, I want to make potato salad. I just need $10 to make potato salad. And then, yeah, now he's made $4,000. Which yeah no that that that's pretty fucking hilarious. I don't care if this guy Bless. is trying to scam people. I don't care who he is, but this is funny enough. You can only make this joke once with Kickstarter, and he's made it. I was gonna say, I don't know. You can call. How exactly would it be a scam? Would he not make the potato salad? Would that be what the scam would be? But is like, he really, really gonna it's... run out a haul and make four th- four thousand dollars worth of? Oh man, he's this yeah that the 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 kitchen. The, the renting a party hall that's that was a kid that was a stretch goal that didn't even exist last night um and he's still man he's gonna have to like set up like a ten thousand dollar stretch goal <laughs> for this potato and i love that the name of the kickstarter is just potato salad potato salad yeah <laughs> it is what it says in the tin and god bless all, the only details is i'm making a potato salad basically i'm just making potato salad i haven't decided which kind yet and that is all the details it's and then beautiful. it just goes into the stretch goals yeah what types of ingredients are appropriate? Oh, this is a, his fac. <laughs> Foley, Foley's actually very sweet. She is talking about doing some sort of Indiegogo campaign to try and raise money for Angel, the dog around the corner who broke her tendons. Oh, yeah? I'm, like, doing some sort of fundraiser for her so they can fix her tendons. Uh, can we raise I money to wife. buy a bullet to put in her head? Because that's what they would do if this were really the Wild Wild West. I'm just saying the dog's name is Angel. Or give her, like, a peg leg. Hey, conveniently, <laughs> this is the end of the fucking podcast, because I officially am done with Bill Modern for the day. Hey, everybody, we're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. How to get BoyHattiePodcast.com is a way you can contact us. You can rate us on iTunes if you're so inclined. Hey, as an aside, all of y'all non-iTunes-using listeners... Uh, I have been trying to do some more research about how to make our podcast friendlier to the non-iTunes inclined. I, as a Android user now, am cut from the iTunes teat, and it made me realize that I have real no idea about where to put I our podcast to make yeah. it accessible to folks beyond that system. So if you have any suggestions on where, what sort of databases we can add our podcast to, please let us know. I'd appreciate your feedback. There's no like iTunes app or anything like that for the for Android phones. Oh fuck no, well, Bill! I mean, it's all use, about... You can use iTunes with Windows computers. It's it's. Oh yeah, no, technically yes, but it's tied to their iPhone ecosystem. It, it makes sense from a uh, expanding your market sort of perspective, but not from a we have a gated experience. Yeah, so Google has never established any kind of like like music podcast uh, like 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 environment like that. Well. They have their Play Store, which is essentially like the iTunes. Yeah, they don't have anything like set up like that for like podcaster or anything, huh? Not that I can see. I'm still struggling to figure out what is the best podcast app for my Android. I'm using Dogcatcher right now, yeah. which I like just fine. But oh, that's uh, an, okay. Yeah, well, also, yeah, we'll have to think about that in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever we can do to make our podcast more accessible beyond just having it on iTunes and having an RSS feed, please let us know, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, unless we just start so broadcasting we'll, with ham radios. And just like there you go, 
Exactly. Why, why would our can the internet? We can, we, we can go an- full right. analog with this. Yeah. Just tin can phones, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right, pals. We will talk to y'all next week about more Lego statistically. Oh. See you then, pals. She just getting off from work to get her nails done. Right. Hair done. Shower time. You know what she be on. Uh-huh. Standing in the closet. Balenciaga. Red pumps. She does a pop. Her friends come over and it's getting late. Standing in the mirror, make sure her makeup and figure straight. Now they walk inside the club. VIP for free and all the dudes fall in love. They begging and they want to know her name. Then buy her some Patron. Buy whatever she want. Then try to take her home. But she look past that. She just laughed at the way you asked that. And she been on Twitter to blast that with a hashtag. She know she rock it and she does it on the daily. Boy, the way she gets it in is so crazy. And she don't even try to be cute. But she does it so nice, so don't underestimate her because girls like to party.